I'm really aware of time now, um, which is fine. I'll, I'll try and I'll try and cut down what I'm going to say this morning, and hopefully retain the essence. But really, you know, we've been we've been doing it this morning, haven't we? And this is what church is about. And when Sandra said, really, at the end of the day, it's all about peace and presence, then that is that is all we have. Just a, a little bit of news from us that you thought you'd like to know. Uh, Anthony and I yesterday went to um, the wedding of Rachel, which was uh, an absolutely wonderful day yesterday down in Southampton. You know, many of you know Rachel growing up in the church. And it was. It was a really joy-filled moment in a week for us that's been... Um, Pretty yucky, to be honest, for various reasons. Stuff going on in, uh, in our world, in our family, that has been robbing us of our peace. So I don't come this morning to talk about Philippians 4 and the gospel of peace from any sense of having worked that through. You know, I, I, you know be honest, it's a work in progress. There are, there are many things at the minute that are gnawing away at my sense of being at peace with myself and with God. But, you know, as Sandra said, at the end of the day, all we have is the presence of God and the peace of God. And that's what's behind what we're going to look at this morning. Uh, and I say, I'm going I'm to cut this down a little bit. I was going to do a recap, but I won't, I won't do that. And uh, just to say... That first off, peace is like uh, I've got this, this right way around. That's the one, isn't it? Here we go. Let's go. Let's, let's go forward a bit. Yeah, peace is just like a huge deal to Paul. Uh, where's, where's Phil? Phil Stewart was. Uh, we were just chatting before the gathering this morning. He just sort of said something that I thought was really profound. He was just talking talking about peace. And uh, he was saying that, you know, if you sort of cut any of our lives at a certain point in time, you might think it's brilliant, it's fantastic, everything's going well. Um, but then maybe a few days or a few weeks later, you could cut it again, and it would look very, very different. And yet, it's all part of the same journey, all part of the same story. And we tend to do that when we read. The Bible. I think we do it a lot with Paul. Paul probably suffers from this more than anybody else. Is that people cut and paste Paul's writings and proof text bits and pieces, and they forget to join all the dots, like the rest of the story, the rest of the journey. And with Philippians, and particularly with Philippians four, um, the big context here is that Paul is in prison. Right, Paul is in one of the most unpeaceful places that you could imagine. Okay, life-limiting, rotten prison, and it's completely constraining all that Paul is called to be, which is to go and be a missionary and build the church. So, peace is a huge, huge deal for him, and it's why in. Uh, Chapter 4, and again, Paul does this. I mean, he's very, very practical. He basically talks about uh, three types of peace. He talks about peace between us. 
He talks about peace in us, or what we would call inner peace. And he talks about peace in all circumstances. And if we had a bit longer, I would keep saying it, but you've got to remember in everything, in the way that Paul expresses himself, he's in prison. He's not in a place of peace or of plenty or where he can do whatever he likes. That's the context of the words he's using. The other thing that um, I just wanted to... That's it. I, um, when I was just preparing this week, I just, um, as I sometimes do, was just having a little look at um, what some of the saints would have said about the topic. I, I quite look, like looking at, um, looking at saints. And um, I found a few quotes, which I think I've got time to use, from uh, St. Teresa of Avila. Um, most of you may or may not know who, who she was. She was a 16th century uh, noblewoman who became a Carmelite nun, um, uh, was a theologian, a church reformer, and also a very famous mystic. Um, and this is one of her many, many sayings. We'll see a few in the next few minutes. What peace can we hope to find elsewhere if we have none within us? And this is what Paul is also talking about in chapter 4. As I said, peace between us, peace in us, and peace in all circumstances. So first, peace between us. Uh, and verses 2 and 3, Paul just basically talks about this situation in the church um, where there's a disagreement that's come up. Uh, it's not just any disagreement. You know, these, these are good friends. These are actually co-workers with Paul. So they just aren't any old people. Um, and Paul knows this could have a big impact on the church. And so he writes about peace between us. And if you look at what Paul does and doesn't say, it's quite interesting. So he doesn't take sides. He doesn't actually ask them to come to a place of agreeing a position. He just talks about them settling, sorting it out. And the other thing is, he asks the help of a third party within the church. And I think that's really quite telling. You know, peace, keeping peace between us is incredibly important. But it's not about being on the right side of the argument. It's not about having to agree on everything. We don't have to have the same views. That's not the point. But it very much is something that we've all got a responsibility to work towards together. And this is what I think is behind. If you look at verse 3, um, Paul refers to those whose names are in the book of life. And I think what he's actually saying, it's a shorthand. He's basically saying everybody is important because you all have a place. You're, all of your names are there. So keep peace between you because there's something far greater here. And the far greater is that we're all together in Christ 
as a new creation, as a new community. That's the thing that should keep the peace between us. Not the argument, not the sides, not the being right. Those things aren't what do it. It's realising that we're in Christ together and we're all in it together. And I think, again, St. Teresa came up, I thought, with something very wise for us. Always think of yourself as everyone's servant. Look for Christ, our Lord, in everyone, and you will then have respect and reverence from them all. I think Paul would very much agree. Okay, second uh, is inner peace. Okay, and let's be really, really honest. Um, when we have lots of concerns, and we do, don't we, as a community at the minute, we're concerned about lots of things, about health, about family, about jobs, about how um, our older parents are doing and coping. There's so many things that can rob us of our peace. And then Paul says something like this in verse 6, like, don't worry. Don't worry. But like, like, like I do, Paul, I do worry. You might say, don't worry. But like, I do. I am actually quite worried. But let's be clear here. Um, being worried is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of being human. Okay, carrying worries is not a sign of a weak faith. Weak faith is denying our worries and just thinking God's going to sort them out. You know, scripture never promises this and the experience of our lives and others tells us that that's not the case. It's not as simple as that. And Paul knows that too. He's in prison. Right? He's in prison. It's not like he hasn't got worries or concerns. That's why he uses the word, little word, instead. So he's talking about how we handle the worries that we will have, not that we won't have them. And it's the instead that marks a mature relationship with God. So spiritual maturity is when we can be brutally honest about our worries and engage in them with God. That's what Paul's talking about. He's saying instead, bring them to. Bring them to. Bring them to with God. St. Teresa was actually very famous for being brutally honest in prayer. That was one of her things. And as a nun, she spent at least 50% of her life just praying. But it was about honesty. Being honest with God. And it is important because sometimes these verses are used to proof text that I can do everything, I can do all things in Christ, as if we're meant to be some spiritual superman or... These days it might be Thor. In other words, we can do everything and we can get anything that we want. That's not the context here. Paul's in prison. He's saying, I can cope with being in prison and still get my ministry done. That's his everything. Do you get it? There's a context to when he says, I can do anything through Christ. Context is his circumstances. And he also uses prison language again in in verse 7 when he talks about guarding. He talks about guarding um, our emotional and our mental health. And the way that we use 
our prayers and our spiritual disciplines and our language to make sure that we maintain our inner peace. Those list of virtues that he writes out there. Our brains are an amazing part of God's creation. But as we know, we need to pay attention to them. That our mental well-being is really, really important. So Paul says, fill up your mind with godly good thoughts. And I just wondered, you know, of all the all the things that we spend time on, on careers, on family, on homes, hobbies, sports and leisure, how much time do we actually spend on the things that will help us remain mentally and emotionally healthy? How much time do we actually spend engaging with God in the things that are causing us pain and grief? So inner peace. Another quote from Teresa. The closer one approaches to God, the simpler one becomes. And I think, you know, that's again what Sandra was saying. At the end of the day, we start to realise that all we have is the presence and peace. It gets simpler. Okay, and then third then is peace in all circumstances. And again, you know, we have to be real. Okay, we all lose our peace, yeah? That's just life, isn't it? Um, Stuff happens to us, um, and like we get robbed of our sense of peace. So the issue isn't that, it's how we respond to it. So Paul isn't somehow saying that he's come up with something that will take away all of our pain and grief in life but rather that he's learnt this secret. And again, he's learnt the secret from being in prison. He's in prison here. So he's had to work it through from the most unpeaceful place you can imagine. And the secret is that he's learnt to be content with whatever. And he's had lots of practice. And the whatever here Paul is referring to is is the hardships that have come along his way into his missionary work. So his context of I can do everything is not literally anything, as as I've already been saying. It's actually that he's still able to continue his ministry while in prison. He's still able to build church through Christ. And what does it mean, through Christ, that word that he, that he comes out with? I was thinking about it, I was thinking, hmm, yeah, okay, sounds good, but what does it really, really mean? That little word in the Greek packs a lot of meaning. It's used sometimes in, or on, or among, or with, or by means of, or because of. And so I think here what Paul's trying to communicate is that He's learnt that Christ is with him and Christ is in him in all situations so that he can always lean on Christ to deal with anything 
that comes along, no matter, no conditions. God's always present. God is always faithful. God never goes anywhere. God is never silent. God is always responding. I think that's the secret that Paul is referring to. It's he's become increasingly aware that he's in Christ and Christ is in him. And it doesn't actually matter, well it does matter, what he's going through, but he knows that God is faithful with him. Regardless. And I think we need to hear that message. And that's the one that I'm trying to work through this week. Is that actually... When I lose my peace and I can't work it out, can I work through that awareness of actually Christ is with me, Christ is in me, and I'm in Christ? Okay, I think we've got one more. There we go. One more quote from uh, St. Teresa. The feeling remains that God is on the journey too. I just, I just loved that. Is that in whatever comes our way, can we somehow live our lives with that feeling that God's on the journey too? Because that's what God actually promises, to be with us. To be on the journey. The Bible never promises us anything else in terms of what might happen on that journey. The promise is God is always with us. And I want to just want to end actually because um, so we could complete the letter. Just the very last verse um, in Philippians 4. Paul says, May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. A bit strange that, isn't it? I'll say it again. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. And be with your spirit. Not He's not talking about Christ's spirit. He's talking about your spirit. And um, Nijay Gupta, who I know uh, Andy relied on a lot, uh, putting this all together. And thanks, Andy, for the work you, you do on this. He said this in his commentary. I want, I want to end with this, and then uh, just a, if I may, there's a, just a prayer from St. Teresa. He said this, At the very least, we can say that he, that's Paul, was reinforcing the sense that Christ, while in heaven in some sense, is deeply attentive to the problems and needs of his people and is eager to bless them with his grace and with the empowering presence and the work of the Spirit. In other words, Paul wants to communicate to you that Christ is deeply attentive and involved in all the stuff that's going on in your life. That's the point. At the end of the letter, he's saying it's about the presence of Christ, ultimately, between us, in us, and in everything that we encounter in our life. Try to be more aware that Christ is with you and in you. And I know it's tough. And... uh, it's definitely easier said than done. But if that speaks to you in any way, you know, if you're aware that, I mean, I know there's lots of things robbing us of our peace, but if it's specifically you're feeling like, oh, 
just don't know how I can find my peace at the minute. It's feeling like really hard work. Then let's pray together. And uh, maybe if you're really feeling like, you know, I, there's family issues, um, I'm not feeling at peace, I'm facing some circumstances that are really, really, really unsettling me, uh, and you'd like us to pray together, then I you know, just invite you to stand or put your hand up or whatever. But I just thought it would be good to end by praying this together, this, uh, this prayer of St. Teresa of Avila. Um, which I think is just there to give us some hope. So respond how, how you like. And if, if you do want people just to get around and just lay hands on, pray with you or stand by you, please feel free to do that. I'm just, while John plays, let's just take a little bit of time, a couple of minutes that we've got left. And let's pray. And I definitely want to pray this for me. May today there be peace within you. May you trust God that you are exactly where you are meant to be. May you not forget the infinite possibilities that are born of faith. May you use those gifts that you have received and pass on the love that has been given to you. May you be content knowing you are a child of God. Let this presence settle into your bones and allow your soul the freedom to sing, dance, praise and love. It is there for each and every one of us. Amen.